Okay, well, welcome to the church at Estrella. My name is Pastor Caleb, and I am so glad that you all are here this morning. Who's excited to be at church this morning and worshiping God? Come on, let me hear you. Yes, and for those of you who are joining us online as well, we are so glad that you have chosen to make us a part of your morning. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Well, I've got a challenge for you. There was something about that intro video, as good as it was, the message was great, but there was something wrong about that video. So by the end of the message, I want you to try to point out to me what was wrong with the video. The message was right, but there was something about the imagery of the video that was wrong. So um, just put that in your brains as we're going through the message. See if you can figure out what was wrong with the video. So we are in the middle of a three-part series that's kicking off 2020, and we are, we've been talking all about this idea of go. Everybody say go. go. That is right. So we've been talking about this idea of go and what that is and what it means and what it means to truly go like Jesus instructed us to go. Three weeks ago now, that's right, no, two weeks ago, Charles preached a really powerful message, and if you haven't gone online and watched that, if you weren't here, I would encourage you to go and do that because it was awesome. And he talked about how go, this idea um, and this word that, that Jesus used. Right before he left the earth, he gave a challenge to his disciples, and that challenge still echoes today as our instructions as followers of Christ. And that challenge was to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, baptizing them in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and the name of the Holy Spirit. And then he said, I'm going to be with you while you are doing this. So he gave this really important challenge, right? And so we've kind of been unpacking what that meant. And one of the most important things that we've been talking about is this word go. It's not a one-time thing. Okay? When, when Jesus was saying go, he wasn't saying pick a weekend or a week off in the summer and then go and do a trip somewhere else and just kind of like block that off and then check that box. That's not the kind of go that Jesus was talking about. The word go uh, translated actually is closer to the statement as you are going, make disciples of Jesus. And so that's what we have set forth for our church, a challenge that we, as a church, we want to tackle that in 2020. Together, we want to put an emphasis on as we are going, as we are living in our community, doing our day-to-day -day lives, we want to be making disciples in our everyday life. We don't want to just make it a, um, a, a box that we check off. We want it to be a challenge that we are actively living and pursuing all year. And we are going to talk about today what can happen, the impact that can happen on your life and the life of those around you when you answer the call and go. It's good. And next week, if you come and you join us, you're going to hear stories about the impact that has already been happening in our community the last two years. You're going to hear all sorts of stories about what God is doing in our community and how he's working and the lives that are being changed. It's going to be 
great because let me tell you something here at this church uh, and I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, but that's okay, because this is kind of be the main point, uh, emphasis of the message. We are all about making an internal impact, okay? What we want to do in this community is make an impact, an internal impact. And so if you want to be a part of something that is significant, that is impactful, that is meaningful, this is the place to be. And yes, we're going to have helicopter rides, and that's awesome. But don't miss that the reason that we are doing that is so that you can bring your friends, your families, your neighbors, those that might be kind of scared or hesitant to come to church, or those who haven't been in a church in a while. And you can say, look, come and ride in a helicopter. And then that's your opportunity to connect them with other people who love Jesus. And we can share the hope with them. Don't miss why we do fun things, right? We do fun things because we want to make an impact and we want to have Amen. eternal significance, okay? So, um... When we talk about go, okay, uh, I want to acknowledge something. Because lastly, we 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 laid down that hey, look, um, if you are not going, um, you are not following uh, what God's instructions are. And then I tried to knock down every excuse that you might have as to why you should not go. Okay, and so um, if you weren't here, I would encourage you to go back and listen to that because again, um, Jesus makes it clear that hey, anybody can go. Okay, um, he's given the call to everybody. It doesn't matter how young you are, doesn't matter how old you are, doesn't matter what your background is, what um, anything, doesn't matter. Okay, anybody and everybody, if you have said, I want to follow Jesus, Jesus says, I want you to go. And so what he's done is he's said, look, he's taken away every excuse that you can possibly have, okay? He, he will give you what you need as you are going. He will provide opportunities for you to go, okay? And so we talked about that last week. But I want to acknowledge something because I was praying and I was sitting and I was thinking about the message. I was like, man, it's really hard to go, okay? It's easy to come to a building and sit in some chairs, and it's easy to hear and listen and say, you know what? Yeah, I need to do that. And yeah, there is a need. But it's hard to actually take the step and go. And, I, and I'll even give you this. It's really easy for me as a pastor to sit up here and say, look, this is something that we need to do. And let's go and let's do it. But I want to acknowledge that it's hard. If it were easy, a lot more people would be doing it. And there would be more than one church or two churches now that exist up here. But it's hard. So I want to acknowledge that. And I want to give a solution right off the bat as to how to make going a little bit easier for you. Here it is. It's don't go alone. Okay? Don't go alone. Listen, if you try to go, if you think, man, I really need to go, and I see that there's a need in the community, and I want to do this, but you try to do it on your own, you won't do it. Or you won't do it for long. You'll do it for a little while, and then you'll stop. So hear me when I say, look, don't go alone. And the good news is, is when Jesus said go, he wasn't intending for you to go alone. Okay? Um, when you, I want you to think back um, in your life and, and just kind of think back at some big things that you tried to do. Any like big or significant tasks that you tried to tackle. Maybe it was professionally. Uh, maybe it was like a fitness journey that you went on. Maybe it was like, hey, I'm going to try to like raise a child or any significant task that you can think of that you tried to tackle. Now, think about how successful you were. Now think about if you had anybody around you. And I guarantee you, 
Some of you are probably like, well, yeah, I was kind of successful on my own, but think about what would have happened if you had people around you, right? Um, think about what would hap what happened when you had a family, you had people around you to help you raise your uh, son or your daughter, right? Think about when uh, you were trying to lose those few extra pounds and you had a partner, an accountability partner that was like, come on, man, let's go. I'm gonna drag you to the gym, buy your hair if I have to, but we're gonna get there, right? Think about if you were trying to like drink more water and you had somebody that like had a bigger jug of water than you and they were just downing it, right? You had motivation to do it. When we try to do things on our own in isolation, they rarely ever work. But when we put ourselves with the group, when we partner with other people, that's the sweet spot. That's when we can get things done. That's how we were designed as humans. We were created for that. And so as you walk out of the doors after the service this morning, you're going to have an opportunity. Okay? I'm laying it all out at the very beginning because I know at some point you guys will check out and stop listening to me. That's okay, right? So I'm gonna lay out at the very beginning what I want you to do. Look, when we talk about go, don't do it alone. And as a church, one of the things that we wanna do is help you live out the calling that God has on your life. We wanna help you discover that calling. We wanna help you be successful. And so you'll see a whole bunch of people that are behind tables, okay? And those people represent community groups. And we believe as a church that our community groups are where we can really make a big impact because that's when you'll find people to do life with. You'll meet with them. You'll eat. You'll hang out. You'll not only study the Bible, okay, but you'll you'll have fun and laugh and, you know, watch football and you'll pray for each other and you'll study the Bible. And every group this year is going to be picking a people group to go after and pursue for Jesus. And so if you're sitting there and you're like, man, going is hard and I, okay, I need people, but I don't know where to find those people. Guess what? Go to a table, meet somebody, say, introduce yourself and say, hey, look, I, what are you guys all about? I, I, I need a, somebody to do life with or I wanna connect, I wanna go. That's your shot, okay? So yes, going is hard, but it doesn't have to be. If you put yourself with other people who have the same goal, boom, all of a sudden, you'll find that you can accomplish that task and goal. And afterwards, our tailgate morning, that's the place for you to do it, okay? So I wanna encourage you, really, meet some individuals. If you're already in a group, then you know what? Start grabbing people. Say, I don't think that he's in a group yet, or I don't think I've met her yet. And just grab them and pull them in and show them how amazing that group life can be. So don't go alone. Um, last week, the, the message that we preached was over Jesus sending out the 72. But really, he didn't send out 72 individuals. I want to acknowledge something here. Um, somebody, I don't remember who it was, but somebody during the week kind of pointed out, they're like, hey, um, you missed something on last week's message. And I love it when that happens because that means that, A, you guys are, you know, like actually paying attention, right? Um, and B, that means that like you guys are comfortable enough to say, hey, what about this? Hey, I like this. We love that. Pastor Charles and I, like, that's awesome. If you ever see something in the message you have a question about or you want, like, you weren't sure about, man, come and grab us and say, hey, what about this? Well, the person, um, they're really good with numbers, right? And, and I'm not. And so they pointed something out. They said, Caleb, um, when you said that they, they sent out 72 people, they said, you, you missed something. Really, it wasn't 72. He sent out 36 because he sent them out in groups of two. He really didn't send out 72 individuals. He sent out 36 pairs of people. Why? Because again, God does not intend us to go alone. 
don't do it. Don't go alone. That's not where, um, that's not where life, ha life impact happens, right? And so um, I want to encourage you, just get into that group. So I'm going to share a story uh, today, not to take away from next week, but to kind of give you a taste of some of the good stuff that you're going to hear, okay? So one of my favorite stories from our church and from group life um, happened about three years ago, right? It was a little bit after I moved in and settled, and Charles and I were like, okay, it's time. We need to start um, inviting the people that we know and have a relationship with to study the Bible together. We knew that we were a ways out from this and what we were doing here, but we said, you know what? We've been meeting these people. We've been forming relationships. Let's do Bible study. And so we invited everybody that we knew to come and study the Bible at Charles and Stephanie's house, okay? And so um, as we met, we had, I think, what, six people there that day? We had six people, including Pastor Charles, Stephanie, and me. And I think they're kids, <laughs> okay? So, but it was, you know, it wasn't just us. And so at that group, though, we had a lady showed up. Uh, and she brought her parents with her and you know, she kept coming back and then we introduced this idea of go and we said You know what one of the things we want to do is we want to pursue somebody in our community We want to pursue a people group and so uh, This woman she said oh, I know who we need to go after She said I work at a preschool and well, I have a whole bunch of ladies that work at this preschool and they need to experience the love of Jesus And can we do that? And so Charles and I Pastor Charles and I said Okay, why not? You know, because she had access. And so we began pursuing the people that worked at this preschool. Okay. And so once a month, what we did as a group, a small group, but still a group, is we went and we did projects for them. We washed toys. We helped put things together for them in their classrooms. We did a really bad job at painting and then decided never again are we going to try to paint uh, somebody's uh, walls. But we made an attempt. And then after a while, we started to, uh, this, this woman, she started to say, hey, these ladies are asking questions. They want to know who you are. They want to know why you're doing these things. And all of a sudden, um, as a result of us showing love to the ladies that worked at this preschool, we had people that started showing up to church. Um, we had several individuals from that church and some of the people that they were connected with get baptized. And all of a sudden, life change happened as a result of us going and watching toys for these women and it was significant and it had an eternal impact because we were willing to go and so if you want to be a part of something like that I mean it doesn't have to be hard but it is good so I want to uh, read Luke 10 verse 72 nope Luke 10 verse 17 and it's a really cool just little sentence but it's the 72 that Jesus sent out, or the 36, pardon me, uh, the 36 that Jesus sent out, they were giving a report back to Jesus about what happened and what they had experienced. Check it out. It says this, the 72 returned with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. That is awesome. So look, these People, these pairs of individuals, they went into the towns, into the communities that Jesus had sent them to. And they started healing people. They started teaching about Jesus and, and telling them. And even demons ran and hid and fleed and fled. 
Guys, they made an eternal impact on the communities that they were in. And we want to do the same thing here. Again, we don't want to just be here and be a place that is kind of fun and people show up and sit and feel good and then they leave and you know nothing ever happens. No, we want to make an impact. We want to do something that is significant. We want to touch lives and we want to change lives. That's what we want to do. If we're not doing that, then there's no really no reason for us to be here. Because you can find on your TV lots of things that make you feel good and that make you feel better about yourself but we want to be in the business of life change and we want to help you connect and be in the business of helping people change lives as well so um as we get into kind of the meat of what we're talking about today we're going to jump down a little further in chapter 10 if you have your ver uh, bibles if not we got it up on the screen we make it easy for you right no problem but if you have your bibles go ahead and open them up to the book of luke in the new testament we're going to be in chapter 10, and we're going to read verses 29 through 37. Now, this is one of the best-known stories in all of Scripture, okay? Um, it's the parable of the Good Samaritan. Raise your hand if you've heard the parable of the Good Samaritan before. Right, good. It's been taught and told and retaught, and even people who, like, don't go to church know the Good Samaritan, okay? It's, it's a thing. It's one of the most popular and most powerful scriptures in all of the Bible. Now, we're going to pull out three truths that um, have to do with what we're talking about today. I want to acknowledge that, like, you, you probably do a whole year's worth of teaching on this passage because it's so good and there's so much to it, right? But we're going to pull out three truths, but we want to start out by reading it together. So I'm going to start out uh, verse 29. Uh, this is a lawyer talking to Jesus and asking him how to inherit eternal life. And Jesus said, hey, look, serve your neighbor. And this is where we pick up. But he, the lawyer, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Jesus replied to him, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers. And those robbers stripped him, beat him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Now, by chance, a priest was going down that road, and he passed, saw him, this is the guy that was beaten and left for dead, but passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side of the road. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. And then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Now which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? And he said, The one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. So here's the three truths we need to pull out of this piece of um, scripture this morning. Okay? The Samaritan, he saw a need. As he was going, does that sound familiar? As he was going about his business, this Samaritan man saw a guy who needed help. And he had an option, right? The other two people who saw this man left him for dead chose to do nothing, but the Samaritan saw him. 
And it says that he had compassion. His heart broke for this man. He said, oh my gosh, this guy, he's, he's got nothing. He's helpless. He's going to die if I don't step in. And so he made it a point to take action. And he stepped in and helped this man. Now, just like the video kind of said, it's not hard to look around and see need. In fact, I would say that in the, poor, in the day and time that we live in with the news, the 24-hour news cycle and Facebook and, and all of these ways that we get information, billboards and radio and everything, we're inundated with news and most of it is bad, right? We're always inundated with bad news. And if you're like me, sometimes I'm on the edge of my seat saying, okay, what's going to happen next? What bad thing am I going to turn on and have to deal with now and, and have to process emotionally? And it can be a lot. And so the easy thing to do would be to say, you know what? I can't do it. There's so much bad in the world. How in the world am I supposed to pick something to, to help with? How am I supposed to do it? There's just so much. And there's no way that I can make an impact, and definitely not an eternal impact, when there's so much and I can do so little. I'm just one person, right? Or we're just one church. We're a small church. How can we make an impact? Well, Ephesians 2.10 offers a little bit of a solution for us, okay? Ephesians 2.10 says this. Uh, Ephesians 2.10 is actually, um, it's one of my favorite uh, uh, moments in scripture. What happens when you, uh, when you take chairs in and out of a trailer every single week? Sometimes they break. But we've got more in the back, so don't worry. We're good. That's good. All right, just, you know, acknowledging that it happened, right? We're moving on. We've got lots more chairs in the back. Praise Jesus, okay? So, anyway, you guys okay? All right, good. Perfect. All right. So anyway, Ephesians 2.10. How in the world are we supposed to pick out and decide what we're going to make an impact on? Well, Ephesians 2.10 says this, that God has prepared good works for us in advance. That's what he says. It says that God has prepared good works for you in advance. Just like the Samaritan. Like all he was doing was as he was going. A man was there, and he needed help. And so the Samaritan said, all right, this guy's here. Instead of praying about it and saying, God, am I supposed to help this guy? Or am I not supposed to help this guy? Please give me wisdom and guidance about what to do. No. He was like, look, this guy needs help. Nobody else is helping him. I can help him. Let's do it, right? And so here's what I have to say to you about this. We don't have to look hard um, around us to figure out that God, that there are things that we need to help with. But look, if you said it in your heart that you want to go and you want to make an impact in your community, I promise you, God will put things in your path. God will put people in your path that need your help. He will do it. And so you don't have to worry about, God, I, I don't even know what to do. There's so much. Just go about doing what you do, what God has for you in the day-to-day -day life, and then just look around and pray, God, what do you have for me? Who do you want me to impact? Who do you want me to have a conversation with? And I can't, the, the only way to describe it is if you've experienced it, but I promise you, it, it'll happen. God will put people in your life, and you'll just have this thought, oh, 
Maybe I need to go and encourage them. Or, oh man, you know what? My neighbor, I've noticed that, you know, they, they maybe struggle with taking their trash in and out of, of their driveway, right? I'm going to go help them with that. It, whatever it is, God will put people in your path that you need to help. So you don't even have to worry about, like, um, coming up with this grand design of, like, what God wants you to do. God will put somebody in your life and something on your heart. He will do it. The next thing is this. He took a risk. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this because, honestly, this could be a whole big sermon in and of itself, and it's important and it's significant. So I need to address it. But he took a risk. So the man that was laying on the side of the road, beaten and left for dead, he was a Jewish man. And the Samaritan, that, is a, that was a nationality, okay? And the Jews and the Samaritans hated one another, like deeply, deeply hated one another. To, to the tune of Jewish people, Samaria and, and um, Israel, they were right next to each other. And the Jews would take days out of their way and add days to their journey to avoid walking in Sumerian territory. Okay? They would add days to avoid these people because they hated them so much. But the Samaritan, when he looked at this man that was beaten and left for dead, he didn't see somebody who hated him. He didn't see anything except for, look, this guy needs help. I have an opportunity to help this guy. I'm going to do it. He took a risk. It was uncomfortable, right? He didn't, it wasn't normal. He didn't know what was going to happen, but he chose to do it anyway. Pastor Charles preached about this a couple of weeks ago. Anytime we, we need to do something, we're, we go. God is not calling us to go and be comfortable. God is calling us to go and be uncomfortable. And that uncomfortable feeling, it might just be like having a conversation with somebody that you've never had a conversation with before and you don't know what to do, right? Or it might be something bigger. I don't know. But what I know is this. God is going to give you opportunities to go. He's going to put people in your path that need help. It might not always be comfortable. But when you choose to step into what God has called you to, you will make an eternal impact. The Samaritan saved this guy's life. We don't know what would have happened if, uh, if, you know, if he didn't uh, step in and he didn't act. But what we know is the Samaritan saved this man's life. Like I said before, we are in the life-saving business. Make no mistake about it. Um, as a church, we believe in the entirety of Scripture. We believe what Scripture says about all things. Scripture makes it very clear that um, we have a problem in this world, and that problem is sin. And we say that sin is anything we think, anything we say, anything we do, or anything we don't do that isn't pleasing to God. And we know that from the time we are like children, um, we have a selfish nature. We want to do things our way. We want to rebel against what our parents tell us to do, okay? I work with sixth graders, my wife works with first graders, and let me tell you, it, it sounds weird to say, but they're little sinners. They are, right? They say no, they're mean, right? And you have to work really hard to teach them not to do those things. And so, ladies and gentlemen, the, the reason that we look around and, and we are the way we are, and, and we see 
the world the way it is is because of sin. It's because we've rebelled against God and the plan that he has for our lives. And the Bible tells us that there's nothing that we can do about it on our own. Right? He says that the, the wages of sin, what we earn, what we deserve for our sin and doing things that don't please God is death. And that's eternal separation from God. So that means that there's no way that we can repay that debt on our own. We can't do it. It would, it would have taken a perfect sacrifice, somebody, a man or a woman to come and live on the earth and live a perfect life and never have sinned and then died for us to take the punishment to pay that debt back. And so God knew that there was no way as humans, as imperfect as we are, that we could do that. And so he created a rescue plan. And that rescue plan was Jesus. And so that's why when we're talking about Jesus and we're saying you should follow him, that's why it's so significant. Because Jesus is the only way that we can take care of our sin debt. Because when he came to earth and when he lived and when he lived a perfect life as being part God and part man. And when he died on the cross in that moment, our sin debt was paid. And so everything that we deserve, that death, that separation, that punishment from God forever, all that was erased in that moment. And the great news for you and me is that for us, the only thing we have to do to accept that gift is believe. In, in VBS growing up, we called it the ABCs. It says, look, if you want to accept this gift of eternal life, if you want that forgiveness from your sins, if you want your life to begin to be transformed, you got to do three things. You just got to admit that Jesus is who he said he was, that he was God, and that he came to earth to save us. And then you have to believe in your heart that he died and that he didn't stay dead, but he rose from the dead three days later. And then you just have to commit to following him and turning your life over to him. And instead of um, looking inward and saying, oh, what do I want to do and how should I handle this? No, instead of doing that, turn your life over to him and let his plans and his will and his will for your life take over and then begin a transformation that is just mind-blowing. And when you do that, you will be saved. And so if you haven't done that, Man, please come and talk to myself or Pastor Charles or write that on the card. And we would love to tell you about how you can have that eternal life, how you can be saved from your sins. But if you have done that, let me make no mistakes about it. Let me be very clear. When you are going, you are engaging in and you are helping with the greatest rescue story of all time. You are making an eternal impact on those around you. And when you ignore the go, when you go to the go, like Charles talks about, you are choosing to turn your back on those who need your help. Because if we really believe what the Bible says is true, if people do not know Jesus as a personal Lord and Savior, they're going to hell when they die. If we really believe the Bible and what it says. And so we need to understand the significance of go and what going means. It means that we are inviting people to know the love of Jesus, to be saved from their sins, to be changed and transformed. That's what go is. And like we said the last three weeks, 
It's not even hard to do because Jesus has given us what we need to do, uh, given us what we need to accomplish his goal, right? He'll give us the words that we need. He'll give us the tools that we need to go get our neighbors. He will even put people in our path for us to impact. All we have to do is say, you know what? I read scripture, I believe it's true, and I'm going to step into and be obedient to what God has called me to do. And when you do that, life change happens. We'll make an internal impact. And if we could grab a hold of that as a church and everybody sitting in this room and those who are not even here but are connected with us, if we could begin to do that, think of the transformation that could happen in our community. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking about eternal impact for Australia. It's it, it is so significant and it is so important. And so um, as we wrap up today, I've, I've just got two, an invitation and two challenges. The invitation is this. If you are sitting in your chair where you're at and you, you've not surrendered your life to Jesus and you've not accepted his free gift, man, Come and talk to us because we want to help you with that. We want to talk you through what that really means and what that what that looks like. If you've done that, but you've said, man, I've never like been baptized. I've never publicly told anybody about that. Come and talk to us. And guess what? Next week, we're going to have an opportunity for you to participate and get baptized and tell the whole world, hey, look, I'm not ashamed of Jesus. and I'm not ashamed of what he's doing in my life. And I want to take a step to tell everybody about it. And if you have Accept your Jesus call on your life. If you're a Christian, if you're a believer, if you're a Jesus follower, and you're not plugged in to go, see somebody at the back tables, talk to their groups, and figure out how you can get involved in this, because it is, man, it's life-changing. Um, at this time, I'm going to invite all my group leaders. If you are here and you're a group leader and you need to get something ready for your table, at this time, you guys can go ahead and stand up and head back. Um, everybody else, we're going to bow in a word of prayer, and then uh, we're going to do offering, and that's your time to put those uh, information cards in the offering bucket. Let's pray. Father, thank you so very much just for all of your blessings. God, thank you for giving us your word that is so powerful. Father, we just ask that we not we be a church that's not about frivolous things, but we are a church that is making an eternal impact on the lives of our neighbors and in our community. Father, I, I just beg and I plead, if there's anyone here who has not surrendered their life to you, Please make it very clear to them that that's something that they need to do. If there's somebody that even has a question, Father, I just pray that you would just tug on their hearts and give them the courage to write it down on on their connection card or come and talk to Pastor Charles or I. Father, we love you so much. We thank you for what you're doing in this community. We praise you for what um, you're going to continue to do in 2020. And we thank you for being a part of it. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.